Good evening everybody and welcome to Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, your animal podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. Good evening everybody, welcome to episode 143 of Let's Talk Assassin's Creed. Uh, this episode we're doing a, a community spotlight, a bit of a focus on one member of the community and uh, her creations. And um, we'll be talking a lot about writing and fan fiction um, in this episode. Our guest tonight is uh, Mary Claude. Say hello Mary Claude. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the show. Welcome back, I should say, because you've yeah. been with us twice before and I had to go back to our notes to check. So episode 101, when we did an Elise um, deep dive. Yeah. Uh, and who else could we call upon, really, to talk about Elise? Um, and then back again soon after episode 118, when we did a, a book review um, of the Unity novelization yeah so we have we've definitely covered a lot of unity topics with you um in those two episodes um but we're kind of doing you are we doing unity again would you say uh, yeah kind of right kind of like how it how it should have ended kind of <laughs> well i mean let's go from there so tell us a bit about your how, how to describe it epic scale fan fiction when did it start when did you think i need to oh, write goodness um so right when unity came out um you know when you're in a fandom what do you do you go read fan fiction because whatever you're consuming whether it's whether it's a movie a series or, or a game you just want more <laughs> and some of us have more imagi- imagination than others i guess so i was looking for stories and i read a lot they were not always what I wanted to read. Um, so at one point, um, I had absolutely way too much imagination. And um, so I started thinking, so what happened the night before they went to fight Germain and all of that? So that was the first uh, story that I wrote. It was meant to be absolutely standalone. Um, if we only have tonight is the name. Um, and yeah, absolutely 300,000% smutty because like I said, I had too much imagination. Um, but did I call myself a writer back then? Absolutely not. Did I have ideas? Not really. Um, then I guess a month later, I started to, with a friend of mine, uh, Lorena, not sure you're going to listen to that, but hey, Lorena, thank you for helping me out. Um, we started thinking, so what happened in the hot air balloon? Because we know ah, from the no- novel yes. that we absolutely know what happened, <laughs> but what actually happened? I think I think the phrase is a gentleman doesn't tell, isn't that right? Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what he okay. said. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it went really well. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not saying anything. Um, so, yeah, so that was the, the story. And it I can, I can still remember exactly where I was when I got the idea. I was on Tumblr um, in my hotel room in London because we were going that weekend for one of those Doctor Who conventions. Um, I think it was the Finnish <laughs> convention that time. So I was in my hotel room uh, the day before we were supposed to leave and I was on Tumblr. I was chatting with other fan and I said like okay so I want a story where Arnaud and Elise are just in love they're in the south of France and they're having goats and children and all is well 
So I was like, so is anybody going to write that? Because that's what I want to read. And then the responses were like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. But no one like volunteered to write it. <laughs> I was like, so I'm going to have to do it, right? Okay, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Okay, little did I know in January, uh, end of January 2015, um, that I would start this never-ending tale, which is still going on so many years later. I'm thinking, because I've read the whole work, all, all three of your, your works. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think. So in the the main story, which is called yeah. In a Family yeah. Way, in yep. family way, yes. Um, you have covered up to the year seventeen ninety seven. We're in October ish. Yeah. So we're about. We're sort of. Let's think. Three five years. years. Three oh, years? For, oh my! Oh my word! My memory. Three <laughs> years Aren't after you the, the IT guy. You know, maths <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> you know, maths was never my strong point at school. Okay. Um. So yes, we're three years after the end of the events of Unity, um, yeah. of Unity. Um, but you've been very slowly over, well, as you just described, sort of seven years, you've been yeah. adding to Blowing this. Blowing at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, here, okay. So how much of what you're writing, because you, you, you've published quite a few chapters in the last eight or nine months, I guess. Um, yeah. You've published five or six chapters, yeah, maybe? Something like that, I think, yeah. Yeah. How, are you, had you mapped out what you're writing now? back then um, or has it evolved over it, time i had um i mean i mean spoiler warning this whole podcast will be full of spoilers yep because i'm just not going to hold back um so if you haven't read the 900 plus pages 46 chapters on ao3 pause go read and come back in five months uh, <laughs> probably how much it's going to take you to read it um some general ideas um, were already thought of from the start. Um, I mean, if we go in spoiler territory, very soon from the get-go, I wanted to find a way to have Arno's mother to come back in the picture somehow. Um, I the number of children was more or less is more or less defined as well. Um, not all of them are there yet. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, also, uh, at the point that I am now. Um, I mean, if we go back to um, the cosplay I made, which I call Elise 1815, uh, where she's clearly Templar Grandmaster. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm working at right now, but I'm still just in 1797, and she's far from that point yet. Um, that but that doesn't mean I'm going to write from 1797 until 1815. That's the thing. I, I kind of have an idea where I'm going to stop and then probably just jump later on. But Understood. I don't know, is it going to be chapter 50, 55, 60? No idea. Some things come up like, oh, that would be nice. And then I just... <laughs> <laughs> That's just the creative process. <laughs> what, what I'll say to, to anyone listening, so Marie-Claude has mentioned um, a costume that she made, which she's called her Elise 1815 costume. Um, if you want to see that, and you really should, check out 
her Twitter profile and I'm sure Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, and the pin post shows this amazing, amazing costume. Um, I've got a question though. Did the cost, the idea for the costume come first or the story? Oh, the story. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. Because I had made, I mean, that's also something, yes, we're going to talk about writing, but it's intricately, intricately linked to mm. my creative sewing as well. Um, I I have made another one before, um, a few years ago, um, you know, pandemic hit, um, didn't fit anymore. Um, so I had to make another one. But also, I wasn't really satisfied with what I had made before. It was just... Um, blue writing coat but it was not really decorated and I just didn't have like it kind of creative block at that point I wanted to make it but it was just not it's it's not what I want to make and it's really literally last year brain brain fart I guess like <gasps> I got it <laughs> I know what I'm gonna make and then it was yeah I guess that's my not yet diagnosed ADHD doing that, but it was like late in the evening. I was like, brainwave. Yes, that's what I'm going to make. Do I have the pattern? Oh, yeah, I have this pattern. Yes, I have this pattern. And I went looking in all my patterns. How come I don't have that pattern? Because I was thinking of one specific sewing pattern there mm. that I thought I had. And uh, I ordered immediately. And do I have fabric? Yes, I have fabric. Do I have enough? Yes, I have enough. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get creative bursts of energies like that. Also for writing, but mostly for costuming. Um, so uh, yeah, but once once I re reach this point, I will probably use the description of what I made in it. Usually, it's the other way around. I will write something, a description of an outfit, and then I would make it more often than not. Like it's not the no, other way. Around. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So the, the the art inspires life, if that's the right way around. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. Exactly. I mean, the create the costume making is is incredible art as well. What you do is uh, <laughs> is incredible. But um, okay. Why we've covered this in our previous episodes, but for those that maybe are new or haven't listened to some of our earlier ones, why write about Arno and Elise? <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> no, but it, it's sometimes I wonder like why did they touch me so much? I can't explain it. Why do you like Unity as well? Like what touched you so much? Are you like, asking me? I, yeah, but it's like Ooh. so. It's sometimes I can't explain it. Like it just blew me away. Mm. Was mm. um. Was it uh, last week uh, that I had uh, posted that email that I had sent my husband now eight years ago in August of 2014? Like, hey, check it out. That statue of that character, Elise, that's going to come in the new Assassin's Creed. She kind of looks cool. Might want to make the cosplay. You know, like really kind of my husband like, yeah, it's a cool franchise. You should do that. <laughs> Little, Little did know. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Little yeah. did I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wanted to write because again, I had imagination, I guess, and I, I just just needed to put my thoughts uh, of of how release. I basically got stolen from the life she could have been. Um, 
purely for Arnold's pain, because honestly there was really no other reason. Um, though I can still rationalize and understand why they had to kill her off to show two sides of the medals of redemption versus revenge. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it could have been done in a, in a better way. Um, so it, it's, I guess it's purely imagination. wanted to give her the life that I wish she would have had. Uh, the continuation I wish she would have had. Though I took a very conscious decision at the beginning to um, take them away from the life that they know to build something else. Like I took mm. the like it's not for nothing that like if I if we go back to that letter that uh, Elise wrote and that we can uh, read in in the game like are we going to be you know master assassin and program master or are we going to be in the south of France raising goats like yeah I'm taking that option. <laughs> <laughs> it's, partly, it's something that's always. Oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. Partly. Because I didn't feel confident enough in my knowledge of the lore of Assassin's Creed um, to to really build upon, um, like really, the, yeah, make it a Templar Assassin Unity. We must unite kind of story. Um, at the time, I was really new to the franchise. Um, I mean, I still consider myself new, but um, I still just I was not confident enough so I was like well if I take them away from this and do something completely different then <laughs> I guess it's my uh, uh, fear of failure that it will be easier for me if I try to do that rather than uh, continue the story from where you need to left um, you know but just having Elise not dying and really just continuing from there I was like, nah, I want to take them to the south of France. Let's put them. But then it was an interesting psychological exploration of how does one react when they are put in a different situation that they don't know anything about. Um, they've they've had misery all their lives, basically, both of them. Um, what is it like to be happy, to build something, to not be pursued, although that lasted a few chapters only, but um, to not be pursued by their old life. Um, can they manage to heal from their traumas? Um, can they, yeah, can they raise their children? Can they protect them enough to protect them from the life that they've had so they don't have the same life? So it, for me, it was an, an interesting challenge enough um, that I didn't need to continue with the pure lore of Assassin's Creed. So, it's a weird question to ask, but I'm a weird person, so that makes sense. <laughs> um, one thing I've noticed lately, and listening to you and looking at your work, you put a lot of time, effort, research. It's, in my opinion, <laughs> In my opinion, it's no different to a cosplayer, a streamer, or a vlog. But do you really think that you yourself should start promoting fanfic writers? Because I get yeah. it. I, I get it from a copyright angle. There is the tendency that this is our property, this is our work. But by rights, 
the Yggdrasil device open up the doors to say, hey, everything's a simulation, a simulation. Yeah. Ubisoft could promote non... Um, how do I word it yeah. exactly? Maybe not two NSFW works, because I know there's some very steamy... Uh, um, yeah, works out. I mean, there, it, but... we were in Assassin's Creed uh, three uh, the week uh, this week, and how many Hayton Connor <clears throat> male slash male stories there are on EO three? There are many. No, sorry, I have never sorry. read any. But yes, I, there are I, plenty. Hayton and Connor. Yeah, just father and son. So Easy and Jacob together that exists as well. You, you don't anything, ask. Anything goes in, in fan fiction. That's one thing. Anything goes. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's, it's a weird. <laughs> one of my favorite TV shows is Supernatural. And yeah. Tumblr yeah. is oh, yeah. a flood yeah. with Sam and Dean, who are brothers, fanfic and art. And it's just like, yikes. So I, I do understand from a Ubisoft point of view, sharing fanfic that is too NSFW or a bit bit hard to digest is hard enough but stories like yours especially would be one that Ubisoft could promote like hey you should give it three because it is an interesting take that does isn't just let's get them shacked up in the middle of a forest and do 50 shades of grey it's a deep there's a little bit of that too but There is a lot more to it as well. Like that stuff Yay. is life, and that stuff is life. But some of the fanfics I've read, it's literally you know Fifty Shades of Grey. Get your safe room, Jacob, because it's going to be a long night. That's the stuff that maybe they shouldn't promote. But stuff that looks like the psychological, can they heal the traumas? Is as much part of Assassin's Creed as the Assassin's Creed games are, because that is a type of philosophy that should be explored. So maybe yeah. you so should promote some fan figures as much as they do of works, especially yours, because I've started to read a bit of yours and it is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, um, I mean, obviously as a fanfic writer, I agree. Um, it would have probably caused a friendship that I've had in the past not to break up if they would do that. Uh, long story short, I was um, friends with another uh, writer who wrote uh, I know she stopped years ago, but she was writing also a continuing story, but keeping closer to um, the ending and, you know, basically involving Elise in Dead Kings and, you know, like, but kind of different version of it and having her own uh, story. I was also friends with another guy from Australia, I remember well. He was also writing a story. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I was getting attention as a cosplayer, and she was just just a writer, just I mean not just she also did a lot of research and she 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 was putting a lot of effort in her own story. Um, yeah, I get promoted as a cosplayer, but as a writer, you will never get attention, and it's kind of kind of sucks. And I completely agree. <laughs> I think like they they put a lot of effort in their own stories as well, and all many of us. Have, uh, in the community, I've put a lot of efforts into your writing um, to write the best story that we can tell. Um, yeah, kind of sad. <laughs> of course, if we're writing, we're writing non-canon uh, 
story is it's a bit different, I guess. But yeah, I think it's a hard one because when I was in the mentors guild before it suddenly got closed down, mm. I did post a few screenshots of my own fanfic, mm-hmm. but. As you could see clearly from the Mentors Guild, there was a lot of promotional areas like vlogs, podcasts, streams, fanfic, uh, fan artists, but there was never anything for fanfic. And it kind of got me scratching my head because there was a lot of talk that the crossover DLC between Odyssey and Valhalla was inspired by fan art. And it got me thinking, fan art's no real different to fanfic, it's just a more visual medium. So why can't Ubisoft look at some of the work and help promote them? Because these writers do a lot, as you could probably contest in the next question. Historical mm. research is a ball like <laughs> it oh, is awful. <laughs> and if anybody can write 900 words, well, 900 pages, or even as little as a 200 page short story, and go through that much pain to do historical research. Give them a bit of like, hey, read this, it's cool. It should all be yeah. fair on Ubisoft's parts, in my opinion. And I mean I, I I haven't really followed because any anything remote remotely linked to Valhalla, I'm kinda of disconnected from it. Sorry guys. Um but I'm sure they probably um uh, gave a shout out or maybe even monetary compensation, maybe, to the artist who made the fan art. Why can't they do the same for fan fiction writers? I mean, hey, you got a great idea. We could pay you for it if you want to use it. Okay, sure. You know, why not? See, they did commission, and uh, James might know this better than me, um, the Bing Storm novel, which is technically a non-canon novel. I've um, heard that, because got, we've got that novel. Yeah. We've both been sending that novel to read and review at some point, Ming Storm, and I remember you or someone saying it's non-canon. So what is the backstory there? Why why is there a novel that's official, quote unquote, but is if it's okay, just like a published a what by if, Ubisoft then? Or yeah, uh, okay. is it Aconite Books? I think it's got the Ubisoft. It must be official because Ubisoft it, would have shut it down if it wasn't. It re um, it, it retells Chronicles China and it is an official licensed product part of a series. Mm. I don't know if it's a duology or a trilogy. But it's not canon to the game verse, is what it's uh, okay. being known. Right. But okay. that opens the floodgates to okay, it's not canon to the game verse, cool. But you've hired a writer to do it. Yeah. How many fanficers would love the opportunity to write, even if it, there is guidelines, so it's not as NSW, even if it is set in a certain <laughs> parameters? Because I think that's only fair on a business model to set parameters. How many fanficers would jump to the opportunity to publish a story for Assassin's Creed? And being a community member as a fanficer who would do that, that fanficer would put as much passion into that as a developer or an actual author because it's their love. So it's a win win business model, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I mean, at the same time, when, when I make a costume, um, I mean, if it's a cosplay or whatever, of course I'm gonna, you know, I gonna do research. Um, when I started writing things uh, in the story that I wanted to recreate, I did research. Um, 
there's research in writing, there is research in art as well. How do I do it? You have accumulation of of your practice, your, your art classes. Um, you know, it's it's this writing is no different. <laughs> if I look, because I have a friend, a Canadian friend, uh, who who is currently trying to. Uh, query to to get someone to take her manuscript and I read it and it's amazing and but I know that she takes good ca great care of her craft and improving as a writer I'm not doing that because I'm I guess I'm like uh, I'm just a fan fiction writer I shouldn't really take that seriously but I mean for real <laughs> serious people out there um I mean it should be rewarded shouldn't it we're a member of the community as much as we do but I guess we have a bad rep fiction writers because we write Hatem slash Connor stories. I mean we doesn't include my doesn't include myself obviously but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know I'm reminded of something this is way off top well, it's kind of off topic. Um my children are in secondary school and every year there is a publishing company here in this part of, of the UK and they they do they run a poetry competition around all the schools, hundreds and hundreds of schools. And one of the end results is the poems that are selected as you know sort of the best from each school. They're published in an anthology. So you've got I don't know two hundred poems in in this book. Of course, a poem is shorter than, than a fan fiction novel or even a chapter from a novel. But you know that's a really nice way of of collecting together the works of many people. There is yeah. no reason why, as a sort of annual, you know, best of the best um, anthology or, or whatever you want to call it, that you couldn't collect together interesting fan fiction stories um, from, a, from, from different members, different fans, you know, from different games, yeah. different characters. Um, I, when I'm, the one I remember seeing, and actually the reason I, I remember it is because um, it was the... the design i think in the typesetting was done by um serverland's flowers serve he's been on the show mm -hmm. with us before and has done our logos for us in the last few months um, and that was the eagle's path um design that was published ooh, 18 months ago maybe and that featured a mix of artworks um uh gameplay tips and i think there was a couple of fan fictions in there and i think that kind of celebration or that kind of yes this is not official but we want to show a bit of you know show show our fans just how creative some of our fans are because definitely um i feel it um we do this show and i love what we do and i love our conversations and i'm proud of what we do but i definitely think that um doing this this kind of format gets a lot less visibility like you said between cosplayers and fan fiction writers or artists and fan fiction writers um, there are certain types of media that definitely get more attention i get it it's easy to look at a picture yeah exactly um, i mean you scroll and say that's and nice yeah yeah cool yeah. like reblog <laughs> yeah yeah but there's definitely um there's definitely ways that the light could be shone mm. upon some of the creativity that is done in text rather than in art or clothes or yeah. videos or gameplay guides or, or all the other creations so it's interesting it's interesting there are there are ways to do it um but i think you've had some you've had some really nice feedback um in the past oh 
six months or so from from some of the uh, the transmedia people or, or the brand people at um, at UV oh. for your work. You, yeah, but um, it was most yeah okay. It was mostly for the costume itself because ah uh, okay okay. But yeah, obviously the costume was taken. Uh, the Elite 1815 was taken. I mean, it's where I'm gonna get. <laughs> like spoiler mm. alert. It's where I'm gonna get with the story <laughs> eventually. I haven't got to end yet. <laughs> well, neither have I. <laughs> neither have I. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I like that he had said something like, "Yeah, this is your Elite." So I was like, "Yeah, this is mine." And, yeah. Um. I mean, that's that's one thing I realize, and I think. I warned you about that when I told you, hey, you can perhaps read this uh, last year when I sent you. Uh, <laughs> I think link. you did. I think uh, you did because I, I don't expect yeah. characterization as she is in the game, neither for Arno, because I'm, I've taken them out of there and kind of, yeah, broke them down to rebuild them. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It was um, it was when I finished the game. That was it. Finished the main story, and I think I I either tweeted it, yeah, or I may have messaged yeah. you, or so I can't remember. And or so I think I replied is, to your tweet this, something yeah. like, hey. and you said, "Try this. <laughs> <laughs> you might like it." And uh, and I did. Oh so God. that was that was easy. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm interested in um, actually this this is something that. We discussed in the previous episode um, when I interviewed Kate Hartfield, the author of the new book, Nagus Conspiracy. And what she does is the same as what you you do. Of course, there is action and there is plot and, you know, stuff happens. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of um, psychology um, breaking down a character's thought. She she does it with with Simeon Price an awful lot. and you as well, as you just said, you, you really broke your characters down. And was that something that you planned from the start that this will be um, more about yes and no. inner thought? Um, yeah, that's because I guess that was um, something that I found the most interest- interesting. Also, just reading a novel, um, like, because you, you play the game and you wonder why are the characters doing what they're doing right now? What's behind? What's the backstory? What could have happened in their lives that could have changed them? Um, I mean, with Elise, it's it's. I don't want to say it's easier, but in a way, it is because we did get a full backstory in the novel. And um, the more I went, the more I realized we really don't really have a deep backstory on Arno, and he's a fucking main character. What that is hell? a good point. We don't. Like, okay, we know his mother abandoned him, but why? At what age? Whatever. No idea. Not important. Mom is gone. As all mothers almost, so Assassin's Creed, mm. to be honest. Um, at least we have the whole story of, you know, her attachment to her mother, and the role that Freddy has played, and the role that her father has played. And everybody else in her life, Hélène, uh, Jacques, uh, like everyone. But Arno, it's like, okay, you're the main character. Okay, we see your father, but then he's killed immediately. And I'm sure you long for him because you keep on looking at your watch, but there's not really an exploration there. Um, 
Like I, I don't I never felt that we went deep enough, like even with his relationship with Delek, you can read it in so many ways, but again, it's just a little part. <laughs> like what could have gone through his head at that moment, having to kill his second father figure, third father figure, sorry, that he's had in his life. Uh, he had found a family again, finally, as with the Brotherhood. But checks, they're just as bad as the other families I've been in. And like, I wish there was more exploration there. So that's why I thoroughly enjoyed bringing Maria back. Okay, Marie, but I'm gonna call her Maria because that's how I decided to call her. Um, to bring his mother back and see like how did he live the trauma of being abandoned as a as a young child. Um, your mother is always important. Your father as well. Of course, raising children was different in the 18th century than what we are used to. So the concept of raising children as children is something very Victorian. Um, it's not the same as uh, it was in the, in the 18th century. Um, but yeah. Like, I just enjoy watching uh, YouTube videos about psychology and trauma and, and <laughs> schemas and, and all these things to kind of understand why he would act in a certain way and how he could possibly feel uh, when confronted with his mother again and uh, relating the pain of being abandoned. Because for me, Arno has been, he's always looking for a family and somewhere to belong. It is. That is 100% who he is. Other people could probably disagree, but that's how I read him the whole time, just looking for a family. And that was probably one of the other motivations to actually give him the family that he wanted. Um, and decide to write that kind of story instead of just starting off uh, continuing his life as, a, as an assassin. For now. <laughs> <laughs> for you know, that's, now <laughs> yeah. that's one of the things I wanted to pick up on because um, one of the common opinions you read or when fans are saying oh I'd love to see this story continued um, mm. the story that often comes up is I want to see Arno go and hunt down Shay um, and I um, I know I've said this on previous yeah. episodes I am repeating myself but um I always took away from from Arno's character in the game that, and I appreciate Dead Kings does slightly disagree with my personal opinion, but hey, this is my analysis of his character. Um, I always took away that he'd seen the worst of kind of both sides or the yeah. the, the tragedy of, of believing either path. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, once his, his task of redemption against Sherman was done, he would just walk away. And have nothing to do with Templars or assassins. He wouldn't go back to the Brotherhood. Absolutely. Yeah, I know he gets the Master Assassin outfit at the end, but that's we can just yeah, but that's that the stuff that they wanted to make him yeah, yeah. believe in. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you you took the same. You you took them very quickly in the story. They spend a few weeks or a few months in Paris, and then they're gone. Was it was that always your plan as well from the start yeah. that they would walk yeah. away from the conflict between they would the walk two? Walk away and go as fast as possible. Um, mm. Um, I kind of, it, it's funny because uh, I started um, this episode talking about the first two uh, various funny stories I wrote. Um, but when I finished writing Up in a Way, like the last few bits, 
I was already planning in a family way. Um, I was already brainstorming with my friend Lorena. Uh, we were we were already kind of thinking about it. So that scene afterwards, <laughs> um, when they're talking about the future, um, it was there on purpose that he wants a family. He just wants to get married. He wants to have a daughter and two boys, and then and. But she's like, what the heck, no, <laughs> I'm not supposed to do that. So that was really on purpose, setting up for the first few chapters of Infinity Way, where this exact gotcha. conversation kind of goes again, like, I don't want to get pregnant, what the heck? And he's like, oh my God, yes, you know, <laughs> because mm. that's exactly what their mindsets were. And at the same time, like... As much as I don't like, some people might think that I enjoy uh, beating Elise to a pulp. Um, but the way I see it anyway, she's the one more under threat than he is. Because again, as you said also, he wants nothing to do and he cut off. And the Brotherhood honestly couldn't care less about him. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still don't understand how he ended up Master Assassin later on. So, but that's just like I agree with you, it makes no sense. But anyway, um, so the conflict of uh, bringing back Rodak, which I bloody hate, and I made him as vile as I could because that's Always how horrible. I oh. that's how I think he is anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so it, I mean, I needed a reason for them to leave. Okay, being pregnant was one, but okay, they can still hide in the cafeteria and uh, live their lives. But, um, but yeah, um, I needed to get them out. That was one reason. So Rodak, so she needs to leave, and uh, yeah, as fast as possible. That was my uh, my reason for writing that. Makes I mean it made it felt more consistent your how you carry the story forward than than what we saw right at the end of Unity because Arno's Creed speech is awesome but again dude where'd you get that outfit from I don't know if you were ever going to go back to the Brotherhood but uh, yeah 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 <laughs> like, how did you end up being a <laughs> say, say again Declan he stole it yeah that's it that's kind of thing just punched <laughs> an assassin took it okay. made a speech right. disappeared. <laughs> so it's like the thief in Dead Kings who ended up uh, with Elisa's clothes, right? Okay, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh dear. Um, uh, that was not good. You brought back some other characters though, because I I want to talk about Freddy because I love Freddy. <laughs> yeah, and, so uh, do I. <laughs> you brought back a few other characters. Tell tell us about. Um, tell you, why don't you describe who people who haven't listened to our previous episodes and who haven't read the Unity novel. Who is Freddy and what do you do with his character uh, yeah. in, in your sort of alternate future? <laughs> in my alternate future. Um, so Freddy is, um, in my head, canon, um, it is his father. But anyway, um, definitely a father figure after her father died or if her father was too busy. He trained her. He was uh, her mother's former lover. Um, basically a very very important uh, character for Elise and also kind of a red thread through our whole life in the mo- in, in the novel at least um, so 
um, I tried I tried to have him. Uh, so he comes over. Arno goes to get him in England um, because I decided he was going to be staying in England <laughs> instead of being like at the end of Unity uh, in the novel uh, when he is uh, still in the suburb of uh, Paris. Mm. Um, and it was a bit of a joke between me and my co-writer um, at the time. We were like, oh, we're just going to have him fall in love with the maid. Um, but it's also because we st I started, her name is Madeleine, and I started writing her as, you know, it's not going to be an important character. I don't care. But the more I was writing her, the more I was enjoying it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, we should just, we're going to ship her with Betty. Yep, let's go. Let's do that. Um, so when Arno and Lisa are getting married, these two are getting acquainted and they kind of like each other. And because to me, I was like, I want to give him a comfy life with a wife that loves him and gives him some love that he hasn't had his own life. Big <laughs> cry. Um, and later on, sorry, that years, made me laugh. A couple, couple, a couple of years later, when Elise was first in the twins, he comes over just to visit. Basically, still try to get her back into the Templar fold. She's like, fuck off, more or less. Um, mm. But then um, I decided, oh, okay, they're getting married. So uh, they kind of arranged a quick uh, wedding, um, which also unfolds other things. Uh, um, so yeah, so I just give him a comfortable life with a, a wife who likes him, who loves him, and who's just gonna dote on him, so he can so he can spend the last years of his life feeling loved instead of um, like an old guy with his bottle abandoned. As, as a British Templar in France, or even a British Templar in Britain, he's probably not well regarded <laughs> as as being on Elisa's side. Yes, Declan. Go on, Declan. Oh. I was just going to say, I, I feel really bad now. Like, you give Freddy like, a nice, happy afternoon, and it's just me who's killing Freddy off. <laughs> Well, I think we need to talk about this point, Declan, because this is the nice thing about this community and different people that you meet and different stories that you hear, is that you've been inspired, haven't you, to do your own, put your own pen to your own paper. Yes, after 15 years of trying to write a book, I am now writing an Assassin's Creed fanfic, which <clears throat> I never thought I would do, but Marie is the only person I'll talk to about it because... She has inspired me to keep writing this to the point that I'm actually trying to weave some of her story facts into mine. Just to yeah, be... and I'm kind of weave, and I'm waiting to see how you're going to write that because I have something planned in the future. I mean, at one point, Freddie will die. Huh? It's, it's logical. But <laughs> I... I, I... That it, what's funny, I mean, it's funny that you're you're starting it like he's writing a letter to Elise uh, about how this is my life, but it, it I I guess it was telepathy or something. But what I was envisioning this is that she would get a package with actually you know letters and things that 
pretty wrote about his life so that she can understand so like how did you know that i wanted to write it like that obviously in yours it is dead mine is not but like i'm waiting to see how you're gonna do it because i'm gonna include other things that you wrote in mine later on but <laughs> it's kind of funny wait wait a minute wait a minute are you are we saying that this is the birth of a whole alternative unity universe here between you two this is great there see the thing is my ending has already been planned i have problems with planning so i will say that i'm not going to spoil anything but my endings has been planned and it actually will tie into ray's fanfic quite easy okay interesting because (laughs) there is a way you could argue that even though this is a letter to Elise, because I wanted to get into the mindset of he's a man who never had the courage to tell Elise that, you know, I'm your father. He was mm-hmm. too much of a coward, but he was a father in other ways. <clears throat> Sorry. But I wanted to end the book, and I'm not going to tell you how. <laughs> where is Elise really dead? That's the question. Oh, okay. That's but what's happening to Freddy? The book will end on a cliffhanger. That's the whole point. Because he's going to find a way to give Elise a letter, but Elise is dead. See, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've got a lot of planning because when I first started this fanfic, after discussing with you and seeing everyone's love for Freddy, I was like, people are going to be confused when they read it because I'm going to be reading it as someone that he's actually writing to Elise. But why write a letter to someone who's passed away? They're never going to read it. But what if she never passed away? That's yeah. the whole takeaway is I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to mechanically or anything in my universe say she is alive and she's not. I want people to wonder that for themselves. And oh. I'm hoping I figure out how to help to this because I'm such a writer's blog because I hate historical research <laughs> literally <laughs> james will james may understand this because we've discussed in discord but trying to write fanfic and keep it's in line hard. with the law is hard yeah. enough you know like i'm trying to write a british brotherhood that are actually dicks that fall for syndicate that's hard in itself but half of the locations in england don't exist in the 1700s <laughs> I know. Oh, I see your point. So, how do you even, how do you even describe? You know, Freddie went out of the workhouse and down to the pub or something, unless you know whether there was workhouses and pubs or whatever your story. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's hard. Diff- I mean, I, I'm. If I mean, you're 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 researching London, which I would hope has a little 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 bit more information available than what I'm writing on a little small town in South France <laughs> and it's kind of hard to find information. Um, I mean, I the first time I visited the, the town, which was both because I was curious to actually see the town I was writing about. I was like, hey, is it actually cool there in the Sister Homo in the South of France? And yeah, it is, absolutely. But I visited the Citadel and on the Citadel you had some maps available um of, of the area uh before so i could see like okay especially around napoleon so 1815 um because the town is absolutely linked to napoleon um 
So, which is also the reason why I chose it. Uh, <laughs> it was not out of nowhere. You could see maps, so then I could have a tiny idea. Okay, so there's this, there's that. The town is smaller, obviously. The first B and B we were in. Okay, this it didn't exist before. Okay. Um, okay, there's a river there, there's this, there's that, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, okay, we went three times already, the more I read about it, the more information I find, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. If it would have been Paris, I'm sure I would have found more maps. And then I could have probably just used the map of Unity or something, you know, and kind of go from there. Um, but even that. But people don't realize how much research the research it takes. So have you have you dived into the archives, Marie Claude of, of Sister? Yet. Okay. Not yet, but I guess I'll tell you an anecdote. Um the first B B and B we were in, um so I had brought costumes to take pictures, especially one at the Citadel at the time, uh with my uh, normal uh cosplay uh, um that I'd taken and um, it was a and b so obviously every morning we had to go break, have breakfast with the hosts, which my introverted person found really hard, but anyway. Um, and then she was like, so why did you come here on vacation, you know, and, and what's with the costumes? <clears throat> of course, I didn't say, like, oh, I'm writing an Assassin's Creed fanfiction. No, I just say, like, yeah kind of writing a story for fun and it's it's located here so i said oh i know uh, um i i know someone who works at the city hall and she can ask the mayor if you want to look into the archives i'm like okay, go down here that's amazing so your first conversation is like sure <laughs> we can get you into the archives i was like yeah maybe well we never went back to that bmb because we found uh. another location and that but I mean, it's a possibility, I guess. Um, when I wrote in the previous chapter, when Arno is rescuing uh, Elise from the Citadel, um, there's part reality, part invented in there, because I just couldn't find the information that I wanted. Did this exist? Probably not, but it's also plausible that it could. Um, when I referred to old maps of, uh, you know, Arno's getting gifted an old maps from uh, the 1600s, so like a, a hundred year old map. Yes, that's one that I actually found online. Uh, I, I looked up and I found a map. So, like, okay, so there's a map that exists. So I'm just, okay, so I'm just going to write that he's given that map that he took from the archives and he gave it to, uh, to Arno to help with this uh, rescue mission. Um, so yes, there's tons of research in my Scrivener, which I'm using for writing. I have a folder when I was researching the Citadel for that particular action scene. I had pictures, I had links, I had a lot of information. So I could just refer back when I was writing. Okay, how did it go again? Did I have a wall there? Uh, yes, it had a wall. Yeah, yeah it had a wall. Um, <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it's hard. And you said you use a tool called Scrivener to keep all yeah. of your notes and, and thoughts together. Yeah, I, I mean, I write in Scrivener. It's a, it's a writing tool. You can write your chapters, scenes, and uh, it took oh, me a okay. while to get around to use it. I was using Google, Google Docs before. Um, it took me a while to get used to it, but once I was really 
start it. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, the only problem is that, I mean, Google Docs, I could just write on my phone when I had an idea. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then you can just write it quickly. But this one, I have to wait until I'm at my computer. <laughs> it's not as handy, let's say. Mm. They don't have an Android uh, um, app yet. So can't oh, do gotcha. that. Gotcha. <laughs> but you can keep all information. You can write um, your character, uh, all the characters you are using. You can add a description so you can refer to it. Um, I mean, for me, I have all of my chapters since the beginning. Uh, sometimes I was like, oh, how did it go again? I mean, I wrote that six years ago. <laughs> so then I had to go back and like, oh, yeah, okay, that's how I called it. Okay, okay, let's go back. Um, because it's hard to keep up after seven years of writing uh, almost 400,000 words. And it's a lot to keep up, definitely. Mm. Um, and sometimes I have random ideas and I just jolt them down really quickly. Uh, something for the future, for example. Uh, when I had I, I did this idea of, okay, so uh, how is it going to happen when Elise is going to learn that uh, pretty yes Okay, I haven't written that one yet, so I'm not going to spoil this, but I mean, I, it, it's already written in a very quick draft. <laughs> very quick. Um, when I'll reach that point, I'll just pull the draft and I, I know, uh, and when I mean draft, it's really like there's this happening, that happening, then she does that, then there's that. Nothing else. It's enough to, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then I, I know what I was thinking back then. I have a few like that. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. Did you, um, I'm guessing when you started, because especially you were working in partnership with another writer. Yeah. I'm guessing the early days you were writing fast and the ideas were coming, but was there ever a period where you just, you had writer's block and you just walked away oh, from absolutely. it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, in the beginning it was, it was easy. I mean, um, yes, I was, work, I was working with Lorena and I was writing the dialogues. Um, and she's in Brazil, so she was a few hours behind uh, compared to Europe. So during the day, lunch break, little breaks like that, I would write the dialogues and then in Google Docs. And then when she would wake up or have time between classes at school, because she's a bit younger, um, she would write around it, <laughs> like add the narrative bits. Gotcha. And, all, gotcha. uh, and and she could read my mind like I, I was just putting dialogues without any, without any sort of cues of what was happening in the scene just just pure dialogues and she would write around me it's like how did you know that's what I want to write you know like how did you know that this was a how I was imagining it so and, and, and we were churning chapters once a once a week if not twice a week and that was really easy um until it's like yeah uh she didn't have time anymore and for me like work with these so then she kind of left out but she was doing still um proofreading and like reading it and uh, oh maybe this maybe that and she would always feel free to change things and i just let her because i know she understands me <laughs> so that was really cool but yeah some some stuff was sometimes hard to write everything around uh Arnold's mother actually took much longer than I wanted. Um, the situation with my life at the time was also difficult. 
So I had trouble to really concentrate and go on with the story. And it ended up taking me so many years <laughs> to write three months of their lives, <laughs> which is kind of weird because... Oh, wow. So you were stuck for that long with Yeah, with because Maria I was publishing maybe parts. one okay. chapter per four, five, six, seven months. So maybe two a year if gotcha. I... If, uh, and, and obviously, I guess, writing a person dying is not always the, 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 the nicest part of uh, things to write. And um, But yes, at one point, it was really funny. I had started to work um, as a nurse again, and I was in, in home health care, and it was one of our clients who was uh, uh, terminal. And um, I ended up spending many, spending many nights uh, at her bedside. bedside. Um, just attending to her needs, mostly she was sleeping. Um, but yes, when she was sleeping, I could write. I was on my phone, I was writing. And a lot of the scenes of um, Arno being at that side with his mother were also just what I did also with uh, a client, uh, you know, kind of inspired by uh, how Maria would react, how Maria would be that was what I've seen of the polling from my experience uh, as a nurse with uh, terminal patients so but I mean it's not fun to write but it's true that after this was written ah okay I can move on with the story now <laughs> because it's been years if you want to reach a point uh, it, it, it was hard I, I had too many changes in my life, too many challenges, and I just couldn't concentrate on writing. So that's uh, that's been a rough patch. Yeah, a very yeah. rough patch. And that's one part that I I, I wish I would have made it s shorter. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Understood. What about you, Declan? You've got a bit of writer's block at the moment. Yes, that is actually what I was going to ask about. How the heck <laughs> do you get around writer's block? Because... Uh, I, I just wait. <laughs> I, I'm doing a lot of waiting because it's a six-week holiday, so I'm putting a lot of my mind towards my family because it's what's more important to me. But I sit there and I've got like so many ideas. It's like I write them down and you realise that they don't fit the narrative you've built and it just causes this block where you're like, hmm... How do yeah. I push this forward? <laughs> no, it's like j just just write them down. Uh, maybe an idea. Oh, maybe this, maybe that. Um, just so at least you remember. Um, often enough, I like okay. Um, the last chapter took me a little bit longer. Um, I had to write action scenes. Uh, not not the previous one, not the last one, but the one before the last. Um, I had to write action scenes and I'm not good at that and I kept on yeah I don't know so I was kind of pushing it pushing it pushing it I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it um, but I was in my car going from one client to another kind of scheming in my head like okay so what could be what could be and then again maybe this maybe that dialogue's popping up and okay okay try to remember that but it still took me months to finally sit down and actually write what's, what was in my head for months already. Um, 
I guess I need to feel confident about, okay, yes, I know where it's going now, and that's what I'm going to write. Um, that normally, when I'm if I'm done with a chapter, I already start with a very quick, very quick draft of the next one. But right now, there's nothing that I've started since the last one I published, because I have still one unanswered question and I can't write until I have answered that question. And the question is, who the heck could contact Arno as someone from his past? A friend. Ah, yes. He has no friends. It's it's terrible. <laughs> See, that's a good point. That is a predicament me and you are both similarly in. Because when you get to a point in the story where you need a connection and none exists... Making one up is blooming impossible. Like the whole idea of Freddy having no backstory, he you know, he just appeared and then you're like, you have to make one up. And then as you said with Arno having no friends, I'm I'm trying to write um Freddy working for a brotherhood. But one in law doesn't exist in that time zone. So it's like, oh crap. But one exists a hundred years later in Syndicate, and then you're like, yeah. ah, crap, how do I uh, go about this? So I think with Arno having no friends, you'll have to make somebody up, but how do you tie yeah. it into the story? Unity, how, when? I'll tell you what, as an inspiration, he is the person that Arno knocked out and stole the Master Assassin robes off for the DLC. And that's how Arno got yeah. the Master Assassin deals at Robes. <laughs> that's <brilliant. his> friend. <laughs> Pat, yeah, okay. Fantastic. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat, that's, that's what I think. I mean, one of the problems I'm having that, because you've been very great helping me um, proofread the story, I keep getting random moments of inspiration over the weirdest things. Like, I was brushing my teeth the other day, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. what if they went ice skating? Why? Mm-hmm. Or um, were they still having frost fairs? So why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a little ice age in those years, right? Yes, yeah. that's what I actually found out as a historical thing. That was a history research called right. I was like, brushing my teeth, and it's in the chapter of Fated Encounter, Part One, and yeah. talking about the snow. And I was brushing my teeth, and I was looking at the white toothpaste. And I was like, hey, snow's romantic. Could that work? Absolutely. <laughs> You're oh. a writer, Declan. This is how my brain works <laughs> Works too. Like, I'm on a traffic light waiting to go from one client to another. And like, ooh, yeah, I got it. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It's like, or I have, I have random dialogues going in my head. Conversations. Oh, yeah. Please yeah. tell me oh, you pull oh, the car yeah. over, put the car in neutral, put the handbrake on, turn the engine off before you scribble down your, uh, your genius. Scribble. I just... <laughs> I just go in into first and then move on and then yeah, let's, let's hope I remember that and then by the next time I stop okay so where was I okay, yeah. okay. Uh... <laughs> to, to be fair this might make us laugh when I was writing the next chapter which I haven't published yet I'll finish it's not going to finish till September I was half falling asleep and <laughs> I started running the conversation in my head and I actually replied to the conversation out loud. And I actually jumped out of bed thinking someone was in the room talking. And then I would, no, I'm just plot twisting the book. 
I was like, why did I get into fanfic? This is like, why couldn't I have just done some cheesy romance novel instead of an actual <laughs> heart-throbbing story? <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Inspiration strikes never at the right moment. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. it is yeah. what it is. It's never the right moment. And then when when it's time, or the whole day, you think, okay, oh, this and that, okay. And then when I'm going to get home, I'm going to write this. And then when I get home, it's like, too tired. Nope, I'm just going to doom scroll on my Twitter instead of writing because I just can't. And yeah, that's that's where I am right now. Still wondering who the heck could contact Arnold. <laughs> Mm. And and James knows because I've been picking his brain. Yes, and I still don't really have. Do you know the only idea that just popped into my head when you said it a minute ago? And it's the only reason it could happen would be with a stretching believability. But what about Victor or Hugo? Do you remember yeah, them? But are they even as? I need an assassin contact. Oh, you right? need an assassin contact. Damn it! Yeah. Call it Declan. <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be honest, what you could do, and James, could, correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, my leg's gone to sleep in this chair. Um, mm-hmm. The Unity Court missions, they're yeah. mechanically meant to be assassin uh, Anna running with his assassin buddies. Yes. So you could pluck a name out of the hat <gasps> and write a story just. A little backstory based on one of their missions, and that's where Arnold first became yeah, friends. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah, it could be, yeah. And because I, I, because I need to find a way to Arnold to get kind of an opportunity to recontact the assassins. Um, mm. But yeah, not necessarily he's gonna join. I mean, spoiler alert, but it's just that it needs to have a con because how are they ever gonna work the both of them for peace if only Elise is a temper again? We need Arno with his assassin side of things, right? So, and of course, what Elise, what Elise is doing right now with her school for women is very assassin-y and not very Templar-y and that's just absolutely on purpose. Of course I needed it as a plot device as well Um, but yeah I need to have them both in the middle I I ended up the last chapter with with Arno saying like fuck the assassins I'm I'm staying with Elise but will he? (laughs) it's so tricky isn't it because if you look at the game the the master assassins um bailier kemar and i can't remember the lady's name sophie something yeah they're not there's no real relationship there is there there's no warmth it's not like there's one of them you could pick and say actually bailier always treated arno really well and you know they have so few scenes together although maybe you could make something up to your own yeah, I mean, honestly, this is where I'm probably going to go and, um, like, I mean, the last chapter is where 
where Elise is kind of hinting like, okay, I need to speak the Templars here. I need to rally them behind me because no one in France and England and probably nowhere in the world wants anything to do with me because the fucking carols have been slandering my name everywhere. Mm. So I need to start somewhere else. I need to build my own, like, not build my own order, but more or less. That's the idea. That's where I'm going. That they will rebuild their own uh, version and hopefully we all know that they won't achieve peace because otherwise there wouldn't be syndicate later on and there wouldn't be anything later on but hey <laughs> what about you Declan what's next what do you need to, to do to uh, to unlock your writer's block um, to be honest I just need to get out my own head because <laughs> yeah. problem is I'm such an avid reader. I've got so many knowledges from other books. My fear is upsetting community because I want to write Freddy and Junior's love story because that's where I am after Fating Cal Part 2. But I don't want to follow the tropes of, you know, the good guy falling over the bad guy sort of trope. Uh. I don't. I want it to be more of a kind of a weird word to say this but like a dominatrix style like he loves her but she's not really the same you know she's like I admire you you got skill but he's head over heels because he's been trapped like crap but and Julie seems to be paying him attention she's snarky she's sassy he loves it but she's indifferent she respects him she loves him but she's not at that same level but mm-hmm. trying to put that in paper without falling to the trope of he only loves her because she's a Templar is kind of difficult. I yeah, I mean, there's so many tropes, yeah. I need a good cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> British way. Yeah. So bear, bear in mind, Declan, that you only started writing two months ago? I believe so. It's maybe, like maybe three. What was the spark that got you writing and and what would you say to someone that kind of feels an urge to write? Oh, mine was you used to. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I will not, I would not have ever bothered to write Freddy's if it wasn't for that Twitter thread that Marie (laughs) put up. And then that was like, Ah. that got me scheming because since school, I've had a problem with over... Imagination. So mm-hmm. I am so full of imagination that I don't actually read words anymore. I just imagine what the words sound like and paint pictures when I read. I'm strange. So it's now like, I want to do it. Let's do it. But my advice would literally to anyone, and I'd love to hear Marie's advice as well, is do what you want. <laughs> literally yeah. build. Build a checklist. That's how I found it. Build a checklist or a Venn diagram or a mushroom cloud, whatever you want, of your ideas. Just go for it. Wing it if you have to. Just have fun because yeah. fanfics don't have to be serious. If I'm not to be rude, I'm, I'm planning to write one where uh, uh, I know I'm going to get a lot of trouble for this, but uh, <laughs> Jacob drinks too much booze. 
and he wakes up in an alternate reality because he's that drunk and he has to fight werewolves and vampires. Okay. Hiya. It's your fan fiction, mate. You write what you yeah. like. Yeah. And then he actually wakes up two days later. He's just been on a massive bender in London. He's just dreamed it all. And I just thought, like, I mean, can I be as long as was... you don't, uh, as long as you don't write anything with those bloody sex pollens or that kind of stuff, because that's so overused. <laughs> Every uh, there's so many of those fan fiction, and there's <laughs> a sex pollen that it's in the air, and suddenly the characters sniff it, and then they they can't keep their clothes on. Ah, I see. <laughs> My idea was Jacob gets invited to a mysterious bar and Evie's like, What are you doing? You've just got a strange note. Why are you going? And he's like, I wanna go. He goes. <laughs> he meets a strange person in this brand new tavern and start talking about like fiction and books and someone mentions like werewolves and vampires and old tales. He gets pissed. And then he starts imagining that he's like Count Dracula, but he's not actually Dracula because that wasn't written then. But he's just severely pissed for two days in a mysterious tavern where he was drugged because they tried to steal his money. It's a scam gone wrong. <laughs> People are going to read it like, this guy's weird. Why write a scam story where he's hallucinating as a vampire? Because I'm strange. And because it's your idea, and you just have to write it down, and have I fun. completely agree. Just that's what fan fiction is, anyway. It's your imagination that's overflowing, and you just have to put it somewhere, <laughs> and you want to share it with the world. That's that's probably the weirdest part. But is right? <laughs> is the world ready for my imagination? That's the problem. Is the I, I'd say have a look at a three and enter tags like Jacob Cry Vampire. I'm sure there's about half a dozen already. So nah, not <laughs> that weird. <laughs> so I think the question we have left to ask—it's the only question I've got in my mind—is mm. when's James going to put pen to paper and start a fanfic? Um, I I have an answer for this. And the answer is I'm not really a writer. Um, and however, I have written one very, very short thing, um, which I don't know if you've seen, Declan. I did put it on AO3. Um, not, I haven't done anything to promote it, um, but I did write a very short. Uh, it was an alternate. If Elise had survived the temple and Arno had died, what would her end of game creed speech be? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's the only thing I've written in terms of anything to do with since I left school, let's say, to do with Assassin's Creed. And that'll probably be the only thing I ever write because I'm not really a writer. Um, I'm too lazy. <laughs> I'd rather talk. Talking is faster than typing. Well, I do have a request for you two. Oh, damn it. Go on then. James is like, I'm not like this. Oh, this has a homework, man. Come on. What's going yes, on here? It's a homework moment. <laughs> I want to write a Eivor story, but set as a Viking poem style. But I want to do it as Interesting. a joint effort between these two, like a complete collaborative work. When I can get around to the idea of figuring out how the hell you do this. <laughs> See, I can do limericks, but proper poetry. I just haven't got the brain for it. Neither have I. That's why it'd be fun. 
If you want a limerick, I reckon I can do a limerick. <laughs> but that's about as that's about as creative as I get. So should we all three of us just like make our own anthology of limericks for all assassins? I, I have a few st- stored away. Maybe I should stick them on Twitter or something. That's, that is a topic for another time. You're you're a bad influence, my friend. I am, and I've just seen a little note that there are two fix involving Jacob Fright and Vampirism. I will make it a third. We will call him Count See, Jacob. You're not that weird. You're not that weird. <laughs> I'm glad to be in good company. Yeah, there's a smutty one and there's a general uh, one as well. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I was watching, uh, and this is completely off topic, and you're going to laugh at this. I've been watching Pokemon with my kids, and I just finished reading my work back, and I just imagined. What if I just wrote a story about Altair was a Pokemon master? <laughs> and all of his Pokemon were actually just Assassin's Creed characters, but their their play styles oh. would be similar to the Pokemon. So Ezio, I was going to make a Sudowoodo, just because he's ter- sturdy. Arno was going to be Rylo, and I was just like, give them all names. Go Ezio, I choose you. <laughs> hey. Now I'm gonna check. Do they have this as well? <laughs> Pokemon Assassin's Creed fanfic. Oh, you're searching AO3 right now to see if there's an Assassin's yeah. Creed Pokemon <laughs> crossover. Yeah, oh gotcha, gotcha. No, there is none. At least not with Pokemon. How I wrote it. Let's see. Right. Uh-huh. Without an accent, let's check that. No, zero. You would be a trailblazer. It's done. My next work. Altair wants to be the very best. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> exactly. And every new Pokemon in Captives will be named after an Assassin's Creed character. Now, who would I name for Leonardo? Hmm. I'm afraid I've never played or watched Pokemon. I cannot help you. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to do this for a laugh, but I don't think I'll put on AO3 in fear <laughs> of being shit. I don't think it'll be the worst thing on AO3, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely not the worst thing. <laughs> Absolutely not the worst thing. <laughs> So, Declan, over to you, mate. Um, I think that is everything. Yeah. I think uh, so. Fun story. My laptop was dying, so I'm sitting <laughs> on my kid's dining table set. I am 5'11", and I can't feel my legs. Well, then... I wish there was a video of some... that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, I will recreate this moment in the morning when the phone's charged, but my kids' okay. chairs are really uncomfortable to do podcasts. I'm like, I'm like a, a giant in a Smurf chair. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back doing podcasts. I missed last <laughs> week. <laughs> it was a good one. I think it went well. So, cool. as that's all we've got time for, I want to say a big thank you to Marie for coming. You're welcome. And You're welcome. Whenever we have another fanfic community topic, it has to be you that comes on. That's now mandatory. 
Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We can talk about that. <laughs> and sure. I want to thank you all for listening. And if you guys actually have any fanfics or fanfic ideas, don't be afraid to give them a go. Literally, pen, paper, have fun. I have so many ideas. I have a play in the works in the style of Shakespeare. I have a vampire book, and I now have Freddy's book. So hey, don't nice. ju- if you can do anything, just have fun. And I would love to hear your ideas. So uh, you can message us on at AC Let's Talk at James the Quid, or you can email us at assassinscreedlesstalk.com. And we'll see you all next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye all.